Hi, everyone. Sorry, I'm not, not Ellie Mumford. But as, as she would say, jolly good. It's all jolly good, you know. Don't worry. Anyway, do you know what I love? Rich printed off my things, and do you know what he put on top? I love you so much. What a man. What a man. We need more of those. <laughs> oh, so good. Anyway, so hi. Um, so I'm Lydia. I'm married to Rich. Um, we have three children. They're wonderful. Seven, five, and three next month. Um, which is, you know, full on, but it's, it's wonderful. Um, So first of all, I want to I share with you a picture. I'm so close to you. Is this a bit weird or not? Are you comfortable with my distance? <laughs> you know, it's all good. I need you to know. I'm, I'm joking. No, this is better. No. All good. Um, sorry, guys. Wasn't worship just amazing? Oh, I just find it almost hard to land. Phew. Um, thank you, God. So, first of all, I'd love to share with you a picture that someone had for me at the start of 2020. This was literally a week before COVID happened. Um, and he said, I see a barren land. And I thought, oh, flip. I see a barren land, nothing's happening. Oh. You know one of those words where people get, nothing's happening for a very long time. Like, oh no. But then the hope came, you know, he said, but underground, lots is happening. So much is happening. And suddenly, things will start to grow. Suddenly, things will sprout up. And you know when in your heart you're almost like, oh, I really don't like this word. <laughs> but I felt God speak to me straight away. And he said, pay attention. So I did. And he said, pay attention because this will help you in what's about to come. Whew. So I thought, okay. And you know what? Over the last two years, that has really comforted me. Every time, you know, I said to Rich, you remember, it's the barren land. This is the season we're in. It's barren, but things are happening underground. You know, and I, I just really feel this is not a picture that was just for me. That's something we've all felt over the last two years, right? We've all felt dry. We've been saying it so many times, barren land. But be encouraged. So much has grown underneath. And now is the time it is sprouting up. I know it is springtime, like coming, springtime is coming, but I really know, I know it in my bones, and I know I'm not the only one, it's a prophetic thing, that this is happening now, and that springtime is coming, because God is wakening us up. So when I, when I um, asked Jesus what to speak to you lovely people about, um, I heard him say, speak about, coming out of hiding and waking up. 
And it made total sense in my journey of preparing, more than I thought at the beginning, coming out of hiding and waking up. So that's what I'm going to do. You know, and I'm going to let him do the rest. I have this, it was this beautiful moment one day, a couple of weeks ago, I was hoovering, and then my two-year-old ran up to me and said, Mommy, Mommy, can I help you? And every parent in the room knows that's not very helpful. <laughs> they think that they're very helpful. But anyway, I love it. Um, so he ran up to me, and he, he said, Mommy, turn the hoover off. So, of course, I turned the hoover off. And he then wanted to turn it on, you know, first time. Nothing happens. Second time, with his little foot, nothing happens. You know, third time, he's like, mm, he gets really frustrated. <laughs> nothing happens. So I show him again. So this is the button, and you press it, and then it happens. So the fifth time, it, ha it happened, you know. The hoover was on, and he, he, so he, 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 he pressed the button, the hoover was on, and he ran off with a huge smile on his face, saying, I did it! I did it. And in that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is exactly like the kingdom. All you have to do is press the button, and I'll do the rest. Isn't that awesome? I love that. That's how I want to live. You know, it's not my words that are amazing, but it's what he can do in our hearts that's amazing. And I so know that. I'm so aware of it. So let's just open our hearts. You know, it's not the words that I speak, but it's, it's all his presence. So Jesus, we know that you're already here, but we want to say again, you are so welcome. We love you. We absolutely adore you. And Jesus, I pray for open hearts tonight that we receive what you have for us. Let us come out of hiding and wake us up. So, coming out of hiding, you know, so I was thinking, like, why, why do we actually hide, you know, and when do we hide? We all know that Adam, Adam's first reaction in the, in the garden was hiding, you know, shame, hiding. So that's the kind of hiding I want to talk about, not like when a tornado comes or something and you actually have to hide. But it's the, <laughs> but it's the hiding that, you know, is not good for us, not good for us. You know, you never, sometimes we don't know we're going into hiding, right? I've never heard someone say, guys, I'm going into hiding over in about two days, come and get me out. Have you ever heard that? I haven't. We go into hiding because we're ashamed, we're afraid, we're scared, what my people think, we step away, you know, we, we hide in a corner, we don't speak up. You know, and sometimes we don't even realize that we've been in hiding for hours, days, months, or even years. Some of us have been in hiding for years. But do you know what? It is time to come out. It is time to step out, to come out of hiding. And you might sit there and think, I have absolutely no idea how. Well, me neither, but Jesus does. He knows. Um, so, a little personal story. So I grew, grew up in quite a big family. And I'm not just talking like five siblings. 
or nine. I'm talking big, big family. I'm not going to tell you the number. <laughs> oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> Shall I say it? Okay. So I'm the youngest of 17. I know. Yes. I've got nine brothers and seven sisters. It's mad. I'm number 17. Um, yeah, all from one mum, one dad. It's amazing. I know, do you all need a moment? <laughs> we can have a break now. <laughs> that is so funny. I know, always the first question people ask is, how big were the pans? How did your mum do all the cooking? When I say to her, she's like, I have no idea. Is there anyone in the room who has more than 17 siblings? No, okay. I always win. <laughs> Not competitive or anything. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's mad. So anyway, but okay. So I'm, yeah, I'm the youngest. I'm set number 17 in our family. It's mad. Um, and to be really honest with you, um, my childhood wasn't great. I had, um, it was pretty rubbish. Uh, because my parents had been involved in a cult for years, for 17 years. Um, and when I was one, they broke out of it, which is amazing. But because they were involved for it for 17 years, it basically took them 17 years to get the cult out of them. Um, so, when, so I remember, so going back, talking about hiding and shame. So I remember, I must have been about seven or something like that. And um, so one of the things in our family was like, one of the biggest sins in our family was, because um, I forgot to say that, so it was still really, like religion was like really, how do I say this? Like it was a real strict regime on religion. So one of the biggest sins was opening your eyes during prayer. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. So, so I remember, I was, I was seven, right? And we were praying, and I was, and I, and I looked, uh, and not just looking, but of course you do, like, you know, really cheeky. And, um, and my eyes um, met my oldest brother's eyes, so I saw his, him, his eyes, <gasps> the panic, because somehow it was his job to check if everyone's eyes were closed. It's ridiculous, I know. Um, anyway, why am I sharing this? Because in that moment, I remember, you know, I closed my eyes really quickly. And um, when, my, my, when my father said, Amen, the dreadful words came. Lydia opened her eyes during prayer. And um, I felt the shame so strongly. And then from that moment, actually, I don't remember much. All I remember was being under the table, all by myself, completely alone, completely alone in hiding. And when things like that repeatedly happen, you know, not just that, but other traumas or it doesn't even, you might not even even call it a trauma, but things where we are ashamed, it could have been you, I don't know, you're weeding your pants one day in the class and you are deeply shamed. And we lock it away and we try and not think about it and we just push it really far away. But God wants to come and set us all free from all kinds of things. You know, in that time, I just hid it away as, as far as possible. And it was not just that, but I, 
I basically became an expert at hiding. You wouldn't say that now, maybe. I was literally an expert at hiding, and I had no idea I did it. So this is awesome, because if, if you're hiding, I have so much faith for you that you can come out, because I did. Um, so, you know, so I was, it wasn't until I was 20, so I started living with this family. It was a soaking center. I needed a lot of healing myself. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, so I was 20, and I had no idea. Anyway, so there was this, this lady, and she would call me out. You know, sometimes that's what we need, isn't it? We need people to call us out, to call us out of hiding, to say, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. Or even if you've been there, what's going on? Because you're hiding. You're hiding away. Um, One minute. Hmm. You know, I'm not, I, as I said before, I know I'm not the only one who's been in hiding. And I have, I have such a strong, I was talking with you the other day, I just have such passion for people seeing free. You know, we're so used to doing We've been learned to do things so perfect. That's why I kind of love it when things don't go perfect, when the microphone stops, because you know it unsettles us a bit. I kind of love it. Anyway, I I'm looking at the time and I'm just thinking. Oh, I I want to skip a few. That's why I'm you know thinking. Are you not in a rush? You don't want to go to the bar. <laughs> you get there later. Um. Anyway. So um. You know, I just want to just have a moment again to just think about the last couple of years, you know, the last two years that's just been hard. And I, I, I asked a couple of friends of mine just to send me a text of a few words and just say, how, how has it been for you? You know, and the most, most of the words were all, I felt bitter, heartbroken, grieving, upset, unsettled, scared, never-ending feeling, the uneasy, alone, depressed, don't know how to cope. And a few people added, you know, I quite liked it. It was turning back the clock. I definitely did not feel like that. Um, anyway, it's time to come out of hiding. I want to take you on a little journey in the Bible. So if you have your Bible, come and join me. Um, to Mark 5. Mark 5. Verse 25. Till 34. And this is a story about, um, you know, Jairus comes in, asks Jesus to come to his house. And uh, he says, can you come with me? And Jesus is like, yeah, I'll come. But then he has so much time for someone else. Isn't that amazing? He's, he just stops and sees this woman. I just love that about Jesus. He's never in a rush. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Is it up there? Yeah, it is. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the... Um, sorry, is that right? She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. And she had heard about Jesus... 
So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel it in her body that she had been healed of a terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Isn't that cool? Jesus already knew who had done it. He just kept looking around because he wanted her to be her reveal herself. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. As many as uh, uh, many probably know that in that culture there and then, like if a woman was bleeding, she had to be isolated, completely alone. So for 12 years, this woman was alone. Nobody could touch her, you know, social distance all the time for 12 years long. Can you imagine her loneliness? Can you imagine her desperation for change to come? Every day, she was in this cave of loneliness. She was hungry for change to come into her life. And then one day, she heard Jesus is in town. I just, I, I'm a very visual person, so I just love thinking about that. Jesus is in town. Wow. And then one day, she's brave enough to open her door, first overcome the battle in her mind, because there, there must have been such a struggle in her mind. Then she opens that door, she steps her foot outside that door, and she goes into the crowd. How brave is this woman? After 12 years of illness, she could have easily said, I give up, I'm done, I had enough. I spent everything. I'm done. But no, after 12 years of constant isolation, of constant illness, she must have been really weak. She gets up, she opens that door, and she steps out. Isn't that amazing? It just amazes me that she does that. And then she goes through the crowd, and can you imagine all the people looking at her? What's she doing? Why is she here? She was absolutely not welcome, but she pushed through. And then she goes, I love that it says, from behind Jesus, you know, you're like, sneaky, sneaky. You're like, I'm just going to touch him. I just love that. Because she knew if I only touch his rope, I will be well. I will be healed. What a faith. Isn't that amazing? She didn't grow bitter. But she kept believing. She held her faith. Isn't that incredible? And in Luke 8, it says, When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. When the woman realized she could not stay hidden. I just want to pause that for a minute. And... 
for all the men in the room, please don't think, oh, that's just for the women. This is for you, just as good as for, for any woman here. Okay, so I'm going to read it again. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. And one of the things I really feel is that's something God wants to do to us. When we realize we can't stay hidden, even though we tremble with fear, what do we do? You know, she fell on her knees in front of him. But she realized she could not stay hidden. I just want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you cannot stay hidden. You cannot stay hidden. You're too precious. You cannot stay hidden. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Stop, you guys. Joking. Causing trouble, these two. Um, another thing I love is, you know, the whole crowd heard her explain. Can you imagine? This lady, okay, was by herself for 12 years. And Jesus calls her out, you know. He's, he's, and then the whole crowd hears her explain what's going on. Isn't that incredible? I just love that. Um, anyway, so to come out of hiding... Okay, I believe you have to, probably there are more things, but these two things I really want to focus on, recognizing and action. If anyone here knows me, it knows that I love action. I can't stand it when people see a problem and don't change it. I find it so annoying. Even when people say, oh, I'm so cold, and not do anything about it, I'm like, put a jumper on. <laughs> or turn the heating up, do something. But there are people who don't. It's just not in their system, and I don't get it. I'm getting more patient. The older I get, the more patient I get. But see, I still don't get it. <laughs> it's probably my Dutchness. I don't know. Um, anyway, sorry, guys. I'm on a roll. Um, so recognizing in faith, okay? So, so she recognized she needed healing, right? Um, so I want to share a, a little story with you about... with. Um, with our daughter. Um, so, we have a seven-year-old daughter, and um, one day, I pick her up from school, and straight away, I notice something is not right. Normally, she, it's my favorite moment to pick her up from school. I, I see her walking through that door, and she's looking for my face, and then she, we catch her, and she's like, you know, every day, I just love it. I love it so much. It's that little moment. And, but this time, I could see something was not right. Her eyes were not shining. There was something not right. So I said, hey, River, what's, what's wrong? And she's like, no, nothing, nothing. You know, so we come home. I ask a couple of times, what's wrong? No, nothing, nothing. And it wasn't until at nighttime when her two brothers were asleep um, that I felt to just sit with her, take my time, any parent in the room knows that that's the, t the time you're very tired. You just want to do nothing. But I felt the Holy Spirit say, sit with her. So I sat with her. 
I said, River, what's going on? And she said, I will tell you if you pinky promised, you don't tell anyone else except daddy. So we pinky promised. So I can't tell you what actually happened because I pinky promised her. <laughs> you know? But what I can say is that she was completely misunderstood. So she had done something at school to a, to, to a friend and um, they, she had, we just moved there. So everything's quite new still, new friends. You know, people don't know her that well yet. So she had just done something and this girl had completely misunderstood her, had gone to the teacher. The teacher had come to River in, you know, quite angry and told her off for something that she really didn't mean. So she was completely, oh, she's so sensitive. So her little spirit was crushed. Um, anyway, so, um, she, so I said to her, I said, so River, how did you feel in that moment? Oh, and this is what she said. She said, mommy, I couldn't see. I said, what do you mean I couldn't see? I had so many tears, I couldn't see. Oh my goodness, my mummy heart broke. So when she was saying that, you know, I, I just, so tears were streaming down my face. And she looked at me, she's like, mommy, why are you crying? I'm like, because I wish I was there with you. I wish I could have held you and cuddled you. And oh, I wish I was, was there with you. Um, so I said to her, so, so what? What do you want to do? What do you want to do about this? And she said, I don't know. Give it to Jesus. And I, yeah, that's a good one. That's, yeah, that's good. Um, and so, so I said, so what do you want to do? She said, I don't know. So I said, well, why don't you close your eyes? And we picture Jesus. We try and think about Jesus. And then, I don't know, maybe we give it to him. So she tried that. She closed her eyes and said, I don't see anything. <laughs> Kids are so honest. I love it. And so I said, it's okay. And so we, we pictured, basically, we imagined her, all her emotions in her hand. That was the idea I got from Holy Spirit. I said, so hold out your hand. And all these feelings that you have been feeling, the loneliness, the sadness, the rejection, you know, not feeling un understood, like all these kind of feelings, just place them in your hand, okay? So we recognize the feeling. So it's what she did. So she, she held out her little hand, and at the moment we did that, she completely broke. She was sobbing. Remember when she said, like, I had tears in my eyes, but what I forgot to say is like, and then she said, and I really, I pushed them away because I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to cry. So till that moment, she hadn't cried. Till we actually recognized the feeling, she burst into tears. It was deep sobbing. Because for her, it was her world, you know. It was her whole thing. So we had a little moment, you know. We didn't rush. We just let, you know, whatever. I don't know. What I, you, as a parent, you don't know what to do, really. You just have this moment with God, God, heal her. Um, and so, and then I said, okay, so why, 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 so I can be Jesus' hands, right? So my hand is Jesus' hand, and you give all of that sadness to, to Jesus. So that's what she did. So she put her hand, and she gave it to me. And then, it was just amazing what happened. It was like, you know, sunshine broke through. 
Her face was just shining. She, she felt suddenly like her face was before really sad. And she was just, you know, and suddenly it was like whew, healing just came so easily. So easily. And I know this is just a very easy, simple story. But that's how easy it is. That's how Jesus wants to set us free from deep, deep things. You know, she hadn't been ill for 12 years. River had, it hadn't even happened 12 hours ago, you know. But it was important enough for Jesus to heal that part of her. You know, and so after that, we, you know, we, we prayed. And, um, and she, next day she went to school and she was, she was fine. She was happy. Even though before she was really anxious to go to school. So it's just, you know, it's amazing what Jesus can do. When we look back at the, at the lady, you know, in the Bible, Jesus says to her, your suffering is over. And I believe that's God saying to us, your suffering is over. No more. It might not have been 12 years, but it definitely has been 12 months. Your suffering is over. And now we come into waking up. Are we ready for a bit more? Don't get too sleepy with me. <laughs> waking up, okay? <sighs> because there's something about, you know, coming out of hiding, and then there's something about waking up. And I just don't think it is a coincidence that on the same day, in the same chapter, there's a story about a woman who's been ill for 12 years, and there's a girl who's 12 years old who's been raised out from, from the death. There are no coincidences. We know the Bible well enough that there's no coincidence like that. You know, we've only scratched the surface of the depth of the Bible. And there's absolutely, you can't tell me, oh, that just happened to be like that. Absolutely not. And I believe it's for a time like this to come out of hiding and to wake up. So we're going to read a little bit in Luke, this time from Luke, the story of Luke, 8, verse 49. It's still the same story. Here we go. While he was still speaking to her, so he was still speaking to the lady who just got healed, a messenger arrived from the house from Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and he told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith and she will be healed. Isn't that amazing? He said, just have faith and he said, she will be healed. He doesn't say she will be raised from the dead. So just have faith and she will be healed. And when they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing. But he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. <laughs> 
But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, My child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. And then Jesus told them, told them to give her something to eat. And her parents were overwhelmed. But Jesus insisted that they did not tell anyone what had happened. That didn't really work out, did they? Because <laughs> we even know about it. <laughs> they definitely didn't listen to Jesus there. Yeah. Anyway. So some facts in that story. Don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. Jesus said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. I think Jesus is saying to some of us, get up. Can you hear it? Get up. It is time to get up. It is time to get up. It is time to get up. Wow. It really is time to get up. You know, there are two... What I find amazing in both stories, I've lost it now here. Where is it? Here we go. Sorry. So we have the 12-year-old little girl, okay? And we have the, we have the lady. So there's 12, 12, both 12. I just find that incredible. So the, the, the woman is ill. You know, the little girl is dead. The woman is unclean. The little girl is unclean. The woman is touched, uh, healed by touching. The little girl is healed by a touch from Jesus. You know, they were both separated by law. The woman was separated by law. The dead girl was separated by law. You were not allowed to see her. You know, and they were both healed by faith. She was healed by her own faith. The little girl was healed by her parents' faith. The dad did not give up. He ran to Jesus. He said, Jesus, you need to come. You need to come to my house. Come to me. These are not just stories just to happen. I just really believe it is for a time like this. It is, it is time to take a stand. We've been talking about that a bit this week, you know, to stand up. Like I loved what you were saying yesterday. I've been feeling that too, you know, to wake up to come out of hiding and to stand up. You know, in Revelations 5 verse 9, it says this. And maybe just, if you feel comfortable, just close your eyes and just see this. And in this vision, we see how the Lamb opens the scroll and the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. And each of them had a harp, and they held gold, 
gold bowls filled with incense, which were the prayers of God's people. They are the prayers of us, guys. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seal and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people. For God from every tribe and every language and people and nation, because you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, because they will reign on the earth. We will reign on the earth. We cannot reign if we're in hiding, if we're dead inside. We have to wake up. We have to come out of hiding. We have to wake up to take a stand and say, yes, I want to reign with Jesus. And what does this look like? You know, this looks like at school, you guys, you can reign there. You can, you know, prophesy, speak life into every dead bone and say, you will praise the Lord. It's at work to speak out confidently. You know, to raise people up. Let dry bones come alive. I believe, people, we need to pray. We don't know how to pray, do we? After five, me too. After five minutes, I'm kind of done. I'm very, this is not true, a bit longer. I can do a bit longer now. <laughs> um, but I'm really glad for, the, for, for speaking in tongues because I can just keep going. But we need to learn to pray. And I believe that God is going to raise up you know, an army. Some people don't like the word army. A huge group of people. Okay? Huge. Of people rising up, taking stand. That's what I dream from. Of. Not from, is it? Sorry. Grammar. Um, that's what I dream of, you know, to see people. And I think it's... I'm, I'm going to stop soon. Sorry. Don't worry. Um... I think, you know, what I said a bit at the start, you know, how I grew up in a family where I just don't want to go too, too much in it, but basically no life was allowed, nothing that was fun, no games, no fun, no nothing. So I have such a huge passion for seeing people come alive because I've had enough. I've had enough of people hiding. I just can't stand it. I really can't stand it. And because I just think, why? And I know why. It's because the enemy does not want you to rise up. Because if you rise up, if you rise up, if you rise up, if you rise up, yes, Nathan, if you rise up, whoo! If you rise up, if you rise up and know your identity in Jesus, you know the answer. So that's what I long for. I love to do some ministry time. Not, not me, Jesus, but, you know, just host it. Um, because I, yeah, I just really believe that what we did earlier was just the start. 
you know, I, I don't have to create anything, you know. I just, I just, who wants this? Who wants freedom? I'm asking it again. Who wants it? I want it. You know, I want to come out of any kind of hiding I'm still in. You know, I long for all of us to really find our place, what God has for you, and to really flourish. Because then, when you're in that place, God can work through you. It's just true, isn't it? We all know it, but, we, but sometimes we're still hiding or, or comparison. Comparison is a killer. Throw it away. I can't stand it. When I compare myself with, I don't know, with an Amanda Cook, I would never sing. It's true. You're laughing. But it's true. You know, I know I don't have a voice like her, but I know my calling. I know why God wants me here. It is not my choice. I was at the back and God said, literally, I'll pluck you from there and I put you here. And I didn't want it. But now I have, you know, I have taken my stand. I know my calling. You know, this is not an easy place to be. It really isn't. It's been a long journey, but there was a time that I said, enough is enough. I am dancing on the wells of disappointment. I'm breaking open, and I'm taking a stand, and I'm saying, God, whatever you have for me, I am fully wrapping myself around it, in it, whatever it, whatever it takes. I want it. You know, sometimes we have to be bold and, ah, you know. We just have to sometimes. I know it's not everybody's cookie, but it is definitely mine. You know, sometimes we are too laid back, and we need to sometimes kick the enemy's ass. That's what I believe. <laughs> Seriously. He's been holding us back for too long. Don't we agree? And it's enough. So let's just do something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>